0: you can call me Dita. I answer to both. Uh, I've been called really weird names before, but usually Adia and Dita will probably, usually it would would work on me. Um, Thank you all so much for coming. Um, The session will be in English because we have uh, guests that are non-Indonesian, but if any of you need more explanation or uh, if you have any further questions, um, I am going to be including my email address at the end of the presentation so you can connect with me anytime. And with that, I let me share my screen. Give me One second.
1: I hope you all can see my
0: screen now. So in this very quick presentation, I will be going through my journey from when I was younger until now. Uh, the uh, point of the entire presentation is to show you that things change. Um, you sometimes you don't know where life takes you, and uh, for you know just keep an open mind um, as as your journey and your career continues. Um, my early life in a nutshell: born and raised in Jakarta. Uh, went to a local school, Uh, it was a private school but non-English speaking school uh, after grade nine Uh, and that was when my parents or my entire family moved to Vancouver. Uh, I went to Eric Hamber Secondary School with zero English, well maybe about, not not zero, maybe 20% English. I knew how to say my name, Um, I knew how to say hi and I knew how to have very very basic conversations with people. So that was, that was a little bit daunting you Can imagine um, I was in grade 10, brand new friends, uh, brand new place, uh, brand new environment, didn't know anyone, but you know, such is life. Uh, and then from high school, went to UBC, uh, picked food science. Um, and I think this is where Vera really wanted to have the um, Nexus Indo as a, in a way, a hub for uh, younger students, for people who are new in the industry, people who are just starting their career. uh, And and it's for me really to share the journey that I went through and and a bunch of my other friends who who are going to be a part of this uh, future presentation, that sometimes you you have to work hard, uh, you have to hustle, um, and uh, this is where I wanted to share my experience. When I was in school, uh, or when I was in university, 2004, 2008, uh, I was in school. uh, In one of the years, I went to full-time co-op while still working at Starbucks. And I basically used Starbucks as means to pay for my day-to-day life. Why? Uh, At that time, Starbucks pays uh, a lot higher than any other companies. Um, Their shift was pretty flexible. I usually would open. So that was 5 a.m. until about 11.30 a.m. and I would work three to four times a week. Um, Starbucks at the time, um, they actually gave their part-time employees uh, insurance coverage. So my physiotherapy appointments, all of them were paid for. My massage therapies appointments, all of them were paid for. Dental, eyes, those were all paid for. Plus at that time, Starbucks was also given out um, kind of a scholarship. So every single term you can apply for a scholarship at Starbucks, Um, no questions asked. They don't really ask for your marks. They only ask for proof of um, the classes that you're taking and then then they give you 500 bucks. Now I don't know if that's still true until this day, but back then that's what it was. Um, Before I graduated, I found a job Uh, And that was my first job. Uh, It was at Western Waffles. We produced frozen waffles for every single retailer in North America that you can think of for Safeway, for Loblaws, uh, for Walmart, while working at Starbucks, while finishing up my study. Uh, And a year later, I finally graduated and we, we are here now in the present day. In this journey as well, I tried multiple different things. Uh, I tried R&D, which I tried during my co-op terms, and that was a fresh extend. That company no longer exists. Uh, We conducted a lot of researches for fresh cut fruits, uh, fresh cut vegetables, uh, and fresh cut flowers. Um, And and my role at the time was to do a bunch of R&D work to try to extend the shelf life of uh, fresh cut fruits. And from there, then my first job, my first real job was at Western Waffles, where I did regulatory and QA. And then I went to DEA, where I did food safety and QA. And for a couple of years, from 2017 to, 2019, to 2020, uh, early 2020, uh, I also dabbled in supply chain at DEA as well. Um, I also also wanted to share career progression. Um, As a co-op student at Fresh Extend, you do a lot of um, entry-level jobs when you're a co-op, right? Because that's your opportunity to learn. Uh, You are given a bunch of different things uh, to try out usually as a co-op student. And then at the end of your term, you have to write a paper uh, to show your employer as well as your co-op coordinator uh, that you have done A, B, C, D, E, and then you get a pass or a fail from your co-op coordinator. Um, and then at Western Waffles, I started as a regulatory assistant for a couple of years and got promoted to be regulatory coordinator for I think a year and a half, and then got another promotion to become the senior regulatory coordinator. Uh, from there, Western Waffles at that time, uh, unfortunately closed down. They moved their facility to the US Um, And that was when I joined Dea Foods as a food safety manager. After a couple of years, uh, I changed role from food safety manager into regulatory manager. um, And then a couple of years later to become senior uh, regulatory manager. And then that was when Dea had a role opened up as supply chain director. Um, and, And I will tell you more about this. I had nothing to do with supply chain. I have no degree. Uh, I really have no background knowledge. I've never taken courses on supply chain. Um, Supply chain basically encompasses everything from purchasing, procurement of raw materials, uh, production planning, uh, production scheduling, logistics, warehousing, everything from A to Z where you manufacture food products. Uh, So that was quite interesting. And while I was doing the supply chain director role, I was still doing the regulatory manager role. So that was a very interesting two years of my life. Um, And then after two years, uh, finally the company, um, they kept their promise uh, because their their ask at that time was, okay, we really need you to help us by filling in the supply chain director role for one year which became two years. Um, And then after two years, that's when uh, they said, okay, fine, you've done this role for two years, I never really want to go back. Um, And at the time, we were able to hire a VP of uh, supply chain as well. And I was like, yes, now that you have a VP, let me go. So they gave me the role back in uh, food safety and QA, which is where I am now. In My current role, I oversee the entire management for quality, food safety, and regulatory. Um, There's 24 people in my department, uh, which is, I think is pretty large for a quality team. Usually quality team is maybe five to 10 people. um, And I have three direct reports. So for myself, I have three direct reports and then from those three direct reports, that's where everybody else report into. Okay, hey, moving on to side gigs. Um, aside from my current role at Day Foods as Director of Supply Chain, um, I'm also part of the board for Foodmesh. Uh, Foodmesh is a company who doubles in food waste diversion. So if you guys think about uh, imperfect fruits at the store or um, Imperfect vegetables or vegetables that are a little bit too old to be sold at a retail level. Historically, those imperfect vegetables or bananas that are starting to get really ripe, usually, historically, those would immediately go into food waste. So what Food Mesh does is Food Mesh is a hub to connect retailers who have surplus of products or surplus of food waste um, with uh, charities. So instead of the imperfect fruits or the over fruits going into waste, we are now giving it away to the food bank. We are giving it away to orphanages. We are giving it away to a bunch of different charities in the lower mainland, in Ontario, in Alberta, in Quebec. So it's a, it's a pretty cool startup um, and I've been a board member there for two years. Um, I also have my own consulting business where I do mostly, mostly labeling consulting, uh, mostly for startup companies, uh, helping them to create uh, food labels, helping them launch their business, set up their food safety program. And then last but not least is the UBC Tri-Mentoring Program, where I connect with uh, two mentees at a time, uh, connecting with them and then giving them advices on interview process, uh, tips and tricks for interviews, um, how to start your career, where do they start, where do they go, um, with what career should they look into. So that's kind of my side gig. Um, I know that on the left there, I have a DJ playing. I wish, I wish I know how to play music and I wish I know how to DJ, but I don't. Okay, next slide is uh, tips and tricks to succeed in your career. These are just some of my recommendations and and what I think worked the best for me. Um, Of course, everyone's situation is a little bit different, uh, but first and foremost, you hustle. Um, You work hard, you work smart. Um, And then the next one is grit. Um, And and I I did include a couple of uh, links there for you guys to check out. Um, IQ and grades, it's great, that's great when you're applying for a co-op role, they provide the employer with your GPA. They provide the employer with a summary of your grades from your first year, from your second year, from your third year. But once you get into the workplace, um, do employers really look at grades and IQ? Sometimes, but not always. Um, And and I find this YouTube, clip of grit. And, and it's only a five minute clip. Uh, if you want to look into it, I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and grit is about perseverance. Um, be patient with yourself. A lot of the things that you learn in school. Um, did I lose myself? Okay, I think I'm back. Um, yeah, for, for, for my role, whatever I learned in school, maybe about 20 to 30%, I was able to apply at work. The rest of them, you learn at the workplace. Uh, Next item, accept challenge um, and embrace the culture of learning because that's how I was able to dabble into uh, supply chain. That's how I was able to go into becoming a board member of Foodmesh. That was because I was very curious about everything. Um, If one of my colleagues in supply chain was away and they needed someone to just fill in for purchasing for a couple of days, I would take on that role and I would make POs and I'll create Excel spreadsheets to figure out what ingredients should I order for next week's production. Um, And that's how, yeah, again, it's a unique opportunity to, to, to go from food science suddenly into supply chain. Um, listen to feedback and seek feedback. Uh, this is something new for me as well. Uh a lot of companies are just starting to uh embrace the feedback culture. Um, it's 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 still up and coming. There are a lot of new tools out there, and and it's basically asking for suggestions and asking for recommendations, asking for um input and asking for honest opinions from your colleague, from your mentor. How am I doing? is there anything that I can do better so that I can succeed in my role? Um, and the feedback that you get sometimes will be constructive, um, sometimes, will, sometimes will be positive, positive. and what's most important is that you welcome the feedback and you always see feedback as being something positive and you see feedback as a gift, as opposed to, oh my God, my boss wants to talk to me again. I'm sure I did something wrong. Um, I can't sleep tonight because he wants to have a meeting with me tomorrow. Rather than having those thoughts in your head, uh, just focus on, yeah, actually, it might be a good conversation tomorrow. I don't know what's up. I know that I've done my job. I know that I've done my best. Um, and you go into that meeting with your boss or with your mentor or with your colleague with an open mind. Um, having a mentor. Having a mentor for me really helps. And, and this mentor can be something from your company. It could be or, or someone, something. It could be someone from your company. It could be someone from outside of your, of your company. it could be your ex-boss. It could be it could be anyone, really. It could be your uncle. It could be someone that you know from the industry that you met at a networking event. Um, last but not least network, uh, for me networking was really important. Uh, my right-hand person, uh, I actually met her when I did a talk in UBC for the co-op program. Uh, she came up to me when I was doing that talk. Uh, she came up to me and said, hey, I'm really interested to work at DEA. Um, I don't know a lot of things. I'm in my second year of studies. Uh, I'm very shy. Uh, but do you have any recommendation for me of what I should do? Um, And that's how I met her. She actually had, she made herself a very, very simple business card that had her name and her email address on it. Um, And what happened was uh, she actually applied for a co-op role at Dea, and and I happened to have her uh, business card attached to my wall because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that girl for, for a co-op role for her to create a business card with a very simple one with her name and uh, her email address and her phone number. She's pretty serious about this. She has a very positive attitude. Um, So when she applied for the co-op role, um, I provided the recommendation to hire her um, and uh, she joined my team and she's been working with me for five years Um, and she's gone through three promotions and and, and three, three moves. My team. Um, my other person, I also met her at one of the networking event with BCFPA, um, where we had uh, three panelists, and uh, the three of us were split up into different groups. And it's very similar to this. Uh, we shared our experience and uh, what we did in the food industry and how we got to where we were. Um, and she was one of those persons that came up to me and say, "Hey, I'm really interested to work for Dea." I'm really interested to work with you. Do you have any openings available? Um, But I'm going to be traveling next year. And I said, hey, you know what? You know, contact me when you're back and we'll see what happens. And she went traveling for a year, contacted me when she was back and we happened to have a role open. And I told her, come on in, come in for an interview and we'll see where we go. And she was hired and she's been in in my team for three years. Um, So networking is very, very important, at least at least from my point of view. So that's all I have. I promised that it was going to be uh, short and sweet and I will give it back to Valerie and I think we'll open it up for questions.
1: Yes, um, so we'll be moving on to the question and answer section now. So we will be starting with the pre-made questions that we received from the links that you guys filled up. And then, if you guys have any additional questions, feel free to just type it in the chat. Um, so, Rita, the first question that we got was, "What is um, QN, QA, and R&D like? How does your day-to-day look like working these positions?"
0: Um, it's slightly different between R&D and QA. Um, I think one of my colleagues, Sharon, is actually here, and um, if you're interested more about R&D, you can ask um r and d r and d in our company uh we do a lot of product development um, and because our company makes novel products it's it, it's something that's pretty new in the industry there's a lot of research that we do there's a lot of plant trials that we do there's a lot of bench top testing that we do there's a lot of tasting that we do uh, we taste a lot of products um so that's that's kind of R and D, and and in QA it's a little bit more of a routine work in QA. and and, and within QA there are different streams of careers as well. Uh, you could be in the lab. You could be doing micro testing. You could be doing allergen testing. Uh, you could be working with co-packers. Um, if you don't have your own manufacturing facility and you work with a bunch of co-packers, um, that's uh, part of. I think I think that's the favorite part of my job that I, that I really, really enjoy. I get to travel before COVID, um, all over the place. Uh, one of our co-packers actually in Anaheim, which is like 50 minutes away from Disneyland. So whenever I go there, I at least try to go into downtown Disney. Usually I don't have time to go into Disneyland, but you also get you know the locations that are not very fun, like in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota, <laughs> that was minus 40 in the winter time. Um, so you could do that in QA, where you work with the co-packers and uh, you evaluate the co-packers, you uh, try the co-packers products. Um, for QA, again, it's, it's a lot more routine. You come in in the morning usually and uh, you go on the floor, on the production floor and you do line checks. You work very closely with the operations team Um, If there are any issues during production, you help them troubleshoot. Um, If there are any issues with production, you could also help them with data analysis and data trending. Um, That's just a few examples. Of course, we deal with the not-so-fun part, so there's always the customer complaints, Um, there's always the questions that we get from uh, upper management, hey, how come the products that we're putting out? Um, It's like this. uh, And of course, we get challenged all the time. Hey, production really want to get the products out. Um, How come quality is holding the products. Um, So, you know, there's, there's, there's a good balance there between good days and bad days. It's, it's, it's mostly good. Um, And I find that with the QA role, uh, it's a role where there's never, there's never a dull moment. Uh, You definitely get to exercise your communication skills a lot. You get to exercise your negotiation skill a lot um, because you do have to negotiate and communicate with different departments all the time.
1: Thank you for sharing that. Um, The next question that we have is how would you describe um, an ideal candidate for QA and R&D?
0: Again, it's a little bit different between QA and R&D. Uh for R&D, because we do a bunch of product development, uh, we usually would look for um, someone who's innovative. Uh, at least at day, uh some of the questions that we'll be asking um, is something like, hey, uh, and this is an interview question, hey, uh, if we were to ask you to make a gluten-free cookie, how would you do it? Or hey, if we ask you to make a vegan muffin, how would you do it? So you have to have that really innovative mindset where you'll say, okay, if it's gluten-free, instead of using wheat, I would use almond flour or I would use rice flour or something. Uh, Or to make a vegan muffin, oh, well, I will use um, grated zucchini uh, to make it more moist. It's 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 more it's more that and there's a lot more research there's a lot a lot more journals that you have to read uh, there's a lot more um, does that you have to make um, design design of experiments for a QA role um, I think that's where grit comes in um, it's more it's more that it's more grit it's more uh, aptitude it's more willingness to learn because for the QA role yes the food safe the the food science background Will help to a certain degree. Uh, The third and fourth year courses in food science will help to a certain degree, but most of what you do is uh, usually learned on the job, um, and uh, depending on what company you join, it it's very different from industry to industry. Um, If you work for an egg company their food safety system and their line checks is going to be completely different from a company that, that produces flour.
1: Sounds good. Um, Yeah, I know you mentioned that you learn a lot of things on the job, but are there um, maybe any particular skills you picked up during your time here in um, UBC? Like, did you happen to pick up any skills that helped you to get where you are right now?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely, and, and and again, it's it's mostly the third and fourth year courses that are uh, most helpful for me. I think um, in in the workplace, um, so your of courses is probably one that was super duper useful that you will continue to use when you're in a workplace if you're in a QA role. Um, the food chemistry background that or knowledge that you'll be learning at UBC will be helpful for uh, the R&D role um, and QA role for troubleshooting to a, to, to a certain extent. Um, your food micro course, that will be extremely helpful if you were to take on a quality role um, because you will have to deal with uh, the food safety system and that will include food micro. And so yeah, I think I think those are probably uh, the most helpful uh, food engineering depending on um, whether you're going into more of the engineering route where you look into the uh, production processes uh, that's that's where it would come into play but if you're only just doing product development or QA it doesn't really play a big role those are the only ones that I can remember I mean I don't I don't remember all of my uh course back from UBC, <laughs> but you can ask me more detailed questions in my email if you want to. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, are there, have you
1: ever had any challenges as a leader uh, when the position you are right now as a woman and a minority?
0: Oh, of course, all the time, all the time. Um, Dea, throughout the years have evolved. When I first joined the company, um I was interviewed by all the VPs at the time. There was eight of them inside a boardroom. They were all males. Uh, they were all Caucasians. And here's like little Adia. And at the time I was I don't remember how old I was, but it was it was it was very it was it was quite scary. It was quite scary scary and it was it was very unnerving to be sitting on at, at, at the end of that really long boardroom table um and to be answering questions that were being asked by the CEO and by the CFO. Um, data has, ha- has changed over the years. So there is a lot more diversity now and uh, we actually have a lot more uh, women as leaders. Um, definitely still a lot of challenges, um, but I think in this day and age, it's the industry has become a more respectful uh, workplace than before. Um, Having said that, though, when I was in Western Waffles, it was very much a very traditional corporate type uh, world at Western Waffles because it was we were only one out of the 13 plants uh, across the U.S. Um, so yeah, it was it was extremely corporate. Uh, the work environment was completely different there. Uh, but for the startup food companies and and most food companies in Vancouver and and just the working environment and in Vancouver as a whole. I think we're such a, we're a melting pot. Um, there are a lot of uh, different uh, races of people in, in Vancouver that it doesn't, it doesn't feel uh, as bad anymore. And, and I, of course I can, I've, I've been at Dea for eight years so I can only speak for Dea. I, it's been, it's been fun working here. Yes, challenges every now and then but not so much. I don't think it's something that you need to worry about um, as much. Plus, if it all comes from you, right? If, if you feel like, oh, well, I'm a minority or I'm, I'm a woman, they're not going to listen to me, then that energy gets out there and, and your audience will feel it. So um, I, think, I think as long as from you, yourself, you're confident and uh, you feel good about yourself, that energy is what your audience will feel.
1: Yeah sure thank you. Um, yeah I think for now we will be opening the questions and answers to the floor just so everyone can have a chance to type in something if they're curious about things. So if you guys have any questions feel free to put it in the chat. Um, and just a reminder Dita mentioned that to succeed in your career is to network and I don't know about you but I think this is a wonderful opportunity to network with Dita right here. Okay, um, Dira, we have a few questions coming in. I will be reading it for you. Um, From Ira, with the current pandemic situation, most of us are doing our third year classes online, which means that lab classes are online as well. How do you think this might impact our ability to get a QA or R&D co-op position, especially since we do not have a lot of hands-on lab experience?
0: Thanks, Valerie. And and thanks, Leifina, for the question. Um, That's, that's a great question. Of course, during this pandemic, this is a new era for everyone. Uh, I think, I think everyone is still trying to uh, get used to this really unique working environment. Um, I'm I'm definitely still getting used to working from home. um, And so, so does a lot of my colleagues. Um, With regards to lab classes uh, that that we do at UBC and 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 how that might affect your chance of employment um, for co-op roles, especially, um, it won't. Simply said, it won't. Um, and and this is this this goes back to what I was mentioning before about uh, what what I learned at UBC and how much of it was useful in the workplace. Um, lab lab skills is is one of those things where it. Yes it's great to have it's great it would be great if you know the basis of titration for example but whether or not you'll get hired if you know how to do titration or not it really doesn't matter we will be providing you most companies will and and, and this is this is it's it's a fact that the companies will provide you with the training that's needed for the specific role so don't worry. Don't worry about it that your lab are online or uh, a lot of the things that you learn on Benchtop is, is all virtual, um, that you can only watch your TA uh, actually doing the, uh, the lab stuff. It's Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, the, the company will give you the training. And during the interview, you can always ask what kind of training does your company give? Thank
1: you. Um, moving on, Matthew asked, what's the most interesting part while studying food science for you?
0: Um, probably food camp was the most interesting for me. Um, that was where we learned all about uh, how, how f- one food interact with another food and how that interaction would result in something completely different. Um, that was probably something that was most interesting. Um, a lot of it, if you're in R&D, a lot of it is applicable um, in, in your R&D role, usually, uh, one way or another. Um, for example, you learn about emulsions, right, in food camp. And just for example as well, at Dea, when we're trying to make a vegan dressing, we had to use the basis of emulsion to make dressings and we use the basis of of emulsion to make our other products. So so I think I think that was probably the most interesting part. Food micro, food micro was fun too. Food micro was fun too. Uh, But again, things change because when I went into the workplace, rather than doing food cam or food micro, I some for some reason I enjoy reading regulations and just spending my entire day literally reading regulations and looking for loopholes.
1: I love that. Um, Kelly asked, what are some other fields in food science that don't get as much exposure in the industry?
0: Mm, That's that's a great question. Um, I think uh, A role in food micro that is specific for food micro is is one that doesn't get as much exposure and we actually don't have a lot of experts in the industry. Uh, It is a very competitive uh, role, I guess, um, and it's hard to get into. Usually, the people who become specialized in food chem are, are people who have a master's degree and doctorate degree. Um, but if that's what you're interested in, um, it is something that there there isn't really a lot of experts, um, and we need it. Um, and that's where food recalls uh, come into play, right? Because people thought that they have a food safety system in place. Uh, so when that system fails, and usually it's a microbiological issue, um, that's when a recall happens.
1: Okay. Um, the next question that we have is from Albert. He asked, What kind of job or volunteer experience can help when applying for a co op?
0: Um, That's a great question. Um, Albert, can I just clarify your question? Is it applying for the co-op program itself or applying to the employer? If you could unmute yourself. The employer. The employer, okay. Um, We have a lot of students and and, and Dea usually hires four to five students per year. Uh Yeah, four to five students a year. Um, We have a lot of students who don't have any job or volunteer experience. Um, uh, What we do look for though, again, depending on what role you're looking for, whether it's QA or R&D, is for you to be able to showcase your interest in the role, your aptitude, your excitement, um, as well as, of course, if you're applying for R&D, Uh, we do look for that innovative mindset Um, here I'll give you uh, an issue (laughs) tell me how you would solve it or if it's a QA I can ask you a question like hey there's this formulation that we run on the production floor and the owner of the company comes on the floor and he tasted the products and he said oh this is not salty enough can you add more salt what do you do so as long as you can think fast and, and, and think of your, you know, your best educated guess on how to answer those questions and we usually employers will give you questions. Um, that's a A case study almost um, and, and you can try to, of course, try to try your best to use your your knowledge and that you learn from school to answer those questions. So yeah whether whether you have a job or volunteer experience uh, prior to applying for co-op it, it could help because I think any job experiences will give you some skills whether it's communication skills whether it's uh, being in a team environment and working with other team members or showcasing some of your leadership but it's it's not at least at least from our point of view it's not one that would make it or break it whether you get the role or not
1: All right, thank you. Um, so Natasha asked, for someone who's shy and quiet, how would you say is the best way to network? Do you think networking is always coming up to a stranger with, hi, I'm interested in what you do? That's,
0: that's a great question, because I'm also shy and quiet. In a public environment, if this is real life, I'm very shy and quiet. Um, it actually takes a lot for, for me or, or for everyone, unless you're naturally a very, very extremely extroverted person. Um, uh, and, and, and I tell people this all the time. I might look extroverted, but I'm actually not. Um, I, class, I usually classify myself as an extroverted introvert because naturally I'm an introvert, but if I have to be extroverted, I will. (laughs) And and just to be friendly to other people and make them feel welcome, I will become a little bit more extroverted. Um, So being shy, don't worry about it. A lot of people are on the same boat. Um, Networking, Uh, usually when you network, yes, you come up to people and you say, hey, uh, you could either say, and I'm interested in what you do, or you could simply say, "Hey, that was a great presentation. Um, thank you for doing that. I really would like to learn more about ABCDE." Um, or you could be as bold as, "Hey, I think you're awesome, and I really would like you to be my mentor. How do you feel about that?" Um, I've, I've never done that, so I don't know. I don't know how that would go. But but you know, you could you could ask the most common question. You could ask. The boldest question, or you could email them. It doesn't. It doesn't always have to be face to face. If you're shy, you could always email them. Um, you could get on the phone. You could ask them if there's any roles available in their company, or or maybe maybe don't start with that. Maybe start with, "Hey, I really enjoy your presentation." That's usually you know, at least, at least you can engage with that person first, um, and then you can go into more in depth of, hey, yeah, I really enjoy your presentation because I, I, I was so interested about this part. And if you can focus your question to that part, then at least he or she would know that, oh yeah, you're truly interested because you are paying attention to my presentation.
1: Thank you, Dita, for sharing that. That means a lot. Um, we have another question. Um, what kind... Oh, sorry. I skipped that one. Okay. Um, Cla- Clarissa mentioned, Hi, Dira. I know you've, that you've mentioned a couple of challenges here and there, but I was curious if there are any big challenges that are sort of memorable that you've encountered in your career so
0: far. Yeah. Yeah. Um biggest challenge was is uh, probably people conflict and uh, happens to everyone if you ask Fera, Fera will tell you the same thing that there are always uh, unpleasant people in the workplace and when you're in a workplace you can't really get away from them and you can't really avoid them Um, and uh, if there is conflict you have to face the conflict and get to resolution. So I think the biggest challenge for me, uh, in a fast growing company, um, and, and so they right now grows our growth rate is about uh, between 20 to 30% a year, which is massive. Usually food companies uh, established a more established food companies grow at two to 3% year after year. Um, and this is where, you know, when, when you're applying for jobs, Um, um, you know, as much as I wanted to say, well, you know, when I was younger, I take whatever job I can get. Um, But because we're in this networking session, I would like to let you know that you should always research the company that you're applying to, because you always want to be a part of a company that has a lot of uh, uh, opportunities for you, right? Opportunities for growth, especially. (laughs) Otherwise, you're just going to go into that company you're going to work for a couple of years. There's no growth. You have to look at another company, which is, which is of course fine too, if that's the route that you want to take. Um, but anyway, in a very, very fast growing company um, and of course the vegan market, uh, for those of you who don't know, Daya Foods, we make vegan cheeses uh, and we make a bunch of plant-based products, plant-based cheesy mac, plant-based pizzas, plant-based ice cream. Um, it's such a niche market and it's a very, very fast-growing market so for us to stay competitive in the marketplace we have to come up with new products again and again and again and again right because we know that there will always be other people that will be copying our products which will happen will always happen Um, with the fast-moving pace there will always be miscommunication always because we're always going 100 miles per hour in 10 different directions Um, This leader is not going to be aligned with that leader. Uh, Operation says A, and then quality says B, and then finance will say H. Uh, That's where uh, conflict happens. And uh, the most challenging thing would be when you have a conflict with someone that's above you. It's not my boss, it's another leader. Uh, And uh, I think the biggest challenge is trying to have a respectful conversation uh, while resolving the issue. And that will always be hard to do. I haven't mastered it until this day, where you have to tell the CEO, oh, hey, whoever, I don't think that was the right decision. And it's always like, okay, either I'm going to get fired tomorrow or he's going to give me kudos tomorrow. It's always one of the two. But as long as you go in there having all of your data to back up some of the statements you'll be fine.
1: Sounds good. Um, So we do have a few more questions and um, just a reminder that we have around eight minutes left so if anyone wants to put in some more questions just put them in. We will try to answer as many of them as possible. So um, Jeanette asked what kind of activities aside from co-ops and internships that would help us land a job within this field?
0: Um, Aside from co-op and uh, internships, uh, we have a couple of people, no, no, actually more than a couple, we have maybe five persons in our QA team right now who does not have any experiences in uh, food industry. They actually went to school for biology, one of them went to school for chemistry, The other one went to VCIT for operations management. So they don't really have a QA background. Um, But as long as there is that aptitude, um, a QA role is something that is very trainable at work. And we provide training at work to make sure the person succeeds. Maybe for an R&D role, that's where we could be looking for a little bit of more experience so that you can hit the ground running. Um, But yeah, for for a QA role, there are a lot of opportunities, I think, even if you don't have any co-op or internship experiences.
1: Thank you. Okay, so next question. Sorry, we're kind of rushing through this, but um, personally for you, would it be better applying for a co-op or getting a master's degree? Which option would be
0: better when applying for work? Great question. Um, It depends on what you want to do. It really depends from person to person. Uh, if you are interested in more of a research role, uh, getting a master's degree right after you have your undergraduate degree could be the best way to go if you're really interested in doing master like a research role. Uh, if you wanted to do more of a QA role or regulatory role, having a master's degree wouldn't necessarily give you the advantage of um, getting a job. So it depends on what you want to do. Um, I can say, though, an internship or a co-op uh, does help a little bit, and, and if any, it helps you to narrow down your focus, because that's when you get to try out R&D, or QA, or regulatory, or food micro, or something. It's during co-op. Then you can find out, actually, I don't like QA. I want to go into R&D. Actually, I don't like micro, so I want to go into something else.
1: Sounds good. Um... So Vincent asked that, I've heard that R&D positions often require a master's degree and are often relatively isolated from other departments in the industry. Is this true? Also, is there a specific position that you think is best in terms of career progressivity and learning how the industry
0: works? Uh, That's a long question. Uh, Is it true? It is not true. Very not true. At least at least not in DEA. Uh, the R&D department, uh, because we do product development, we work very closely with other departments. You develop the formulation on Benchtop, of course. You develop your formulation on a spreadsheet, of course. But there will come a time where you have to try it out on the, on the floor, right? So you go into a plant trial, you have to work with QA, you have to work with production. Actually, before that, what you have to do is you have to vet the actual product with the marketing team. Uh, and you guys decide, actually, should we be uh, launching three different flavors or should we be doing just two flavors? And what two flavors should we do? Should we do cheddar and matzah? Should we do Monterey Jack? Should we do Greek? Should we do smoked gouda? There's a lot of those uh, conversations happening on the side uh, before the product launch. So R&D actually works with one of the most, uh, the most numbers of other departments. Um, Is there a specific position that I think is best in terms of uh, career progressivity? It depends on what you want to do. There are a lot of different career paths in QA. There's a lot of different career paths in R&D as well. Um, Learning how the industry works, my only uh, suggestion there is uh, QA, um, Quality Assurance and Food Safety is a good basis to start with. Uh, we have a lot of uh, newer people in the industry who wanted to go just into R&D because they think R&D is cooler, which is fine. If you guys think R&D is cooler, that's totally fine with me. Uh, but QA is also pretty cool. And um, when you have an R&D person that doesn't have any food safety or QA background, it shows. It actually shows. Um, we actually find stronger... Uh, R&D personnel when they have the food safety background, when they have a quality background, because they can design their products a lot more robust than people who don't have that experience.
1: Thank you. So we have um, two questions left. Oh, and one more, I think. Okay, so we're just gonna rush through this. Um, Gabriella asked if, I was wondering about getting a co-op in food engineering. Is it possible to get into food engineering as an undergrad student, because I feel like food engineering is not as popular as QA and R&D.
0: I, I actually think this might be true in uh, the West Coast. There just isn't that many big food companies in the West Coast, or, or just food companies in general in the, West, in, in the West Coast, that requires a dedicated food engineer. Uh, I think most companies in the West Coast are smaller, and therefore they utilize uh, consultants more, or they would call up people from the U.S., or they would call up the engineers from the equipment suppliers to fly in. Um, If you're in the East Coast or in the U.S., uh, there are a lot more opportunities for uh, food engineering, I think, if, if that's what you're looking for.
1: Okay, so um, we have two more questions. Um, Because of time, we just want to check in with everyone. If everyone is okay with extending it by a few minutes for us to answer these questions, give us a thumbs up, that would be great. Okay, yay. Um, The next question that we have is, I just spent from Tonya, I just finished my co-op in Pacific Blends as a QC, QA, and the QC part of the job was very physically demanding. Lots of running around. Um, Is this also true for the QCQA positions in the different companies that you have been or are in? Mm -hmm.
0: Um, It depends on what role in QCQA. If you are in a QCQA uh, technologist role, uh, in most cases there are a lot of running. Well, we don't allow running in our plant, so I don't know how Pacific Blends does it, Uh, but in our facility you cannot run, you have to walk. Um, but yes there will be a lot of walking around um, because you have to inspect every single line right because as a quality assurance person you have to assure that the quality is good which means that you have to attend to every single line and actually look at the products and see if the products is good um, if you are in a QAqC role that's more focused on food micro um, and this is where I was talking about the different roles within QA. You could be focusing on food microbe, which means that you will be in the lab, you will be plating different uh, substrates. Um, or if you're in an um, allergen lab, you will be doing a bunch of allergen testing. Um, or if you're working with co-packers, um, then you'll be doing a lot of phone calls and a lot of product tasting and a lot of documentation reviews. So it really depends.
1: All right. Um, So the next question that we have is from Vanessa. Um, What made you choose or what made you interested to be working in the QA department as opposed to other departments?
0: Uh, Because I feel like I contribute to consumer safety and that's kind of why I, I stay in this role. Um, I want to make sure that the food that we put out are safe for other people to eat, um, safe for me to eat, um, and that we're not endangering people. Uh, My department right now includes regulatory affairs. um, So my department is also responsible for food labeling, making sure that uh, our our labels aren't misleading. Um, The reason why I didn't go into R&D, because I did uh, one year of co-op in R&D, is I realize that my, my mind just doesn't work that way. If I have to think of a unique way of producing a new food products by using only plant-based ingredients, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't succeed in that role. Um, I enjoy setting up system uh, more so than thinking about something else that doesn't exist yet.
1: Um, So last question that we have for today is, do you feel that getting a minor in chemistry or microbiology instead of getting a master's degree will help you in the R&D field?
0: Um, Maybe to a certain degree. Uh, I think a role uh, or more courses in chemistry or micro would expose you to more lab stuff. Um, and depending on what companies you work for or you apply to, that could certainly be a big advantage if you perhaps work for, because Pacific Blends was already used in one of the questions, if you are for Pacific Blends, Pacific Blends is a uh, dry powder blending company. So they get in a bunch of powders, and I don't want to speak for Pacific Blends, obviously, because I don't work for that company, but they... From what I know, they get in a lot of different powders. It could be salt, it could be um, wheat flour, it could be soy powder, whatever. And then they blend it. And then they make a blend out of it. That's why it's called Pacific Blends. Um, If you're trying to get an R&D role, and they do have an R&D department in that company, if you are trying to get into an R&D role at Pacific Blends, would a minor in chemistry or microbiology help? Probably not. But if you're trying to get into data, for example, maybe it will help to a certain degree because because we do a bunch of uh, bench work.
1: Sounds good. Um, all right, that wraps up our Q and A session for today. Um, thank you everyone who has put their questions in. I'm sure Dira enjoyed answering them too. And if you haven't had the chance to ask a, ask a question or like it might pop up there the second you end this meeting. Um, Dita did um, include her email earlier, so you guys can reach out to her through that. And maybe if, um, Dita, if you don't mind, do you mind like writing the email down again in the chat, just in case some people missed it? Mm -hmm. sure. And with that, I will be...